Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up out of bed to pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 80 Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon a cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 10 through 18. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. Let the desert and its towns lift up their voice, the villages that Kedar inhabits. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the tops of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes forth like a soldier, like a warrior, he stirs up his fury. He cries out, he shouts aloud, he shows, his might, shows himself mighty against his foes. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbage. I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by a road they do not know, by paths they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I will do, and I will not forsake them. They shall be turned back and utterly put to shame. Those who trust and carved images, who say to cast images, You are our gods. Listen, you that are deaf, and you that are blind, look up and see. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 32 to 39. But recall those earlier days when, after you had been enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to abuse and persecution, and sometimes being partners to those so treated. For you had compassion for those who were in prison, and you cheerfully accepted the plundering of your possessions, knowing that you yourselves possessed something better and more lasting. Do not, therefore, abandon that confidence of yours. It brings a great reward. For you need endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet, in a very little while, the one who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. My soul takes no pleasure in anyone who shrinks back. But we are not among those who shrink back and so are lost, but among those who have faith and so are saved. Here ends the reading.
Yesterday I went long on the reflection, and this time I'll be brief, but I wanted to um, point out and pay close attention to um, Isaiah, the, the Isaiah reading, verse 13, the Lord goes forth like a soldier, like a warrior, he stirs up his fury, he cries out, he shouts aloud, he shows himself mighty against his foes. There's one of the things that has animated me for some time is the really subtle ways that soldiers and veterans can be dehumanized in the church. And one of those is the embarrassment that the church has had for armed service historically. Um, Martin of Tours, his biographer, uh, Sulpidius Severus, um, is, he, he kind of floods his numbers when he's telling about his military service because the early church was really embarrassed for military service. Um, they thought it was doing something wrong. Um, and today, in the last couple of generations since um, the Industrial Revolution, um, the church is, on the one hand, has ramped up kind of propaganda and, and rhetoric around you know, patriotism and everything else. And then, on the other hand, within the church, the more dominant um, arm of, of this debate is um, one that assumes that all military service is bad. Um, and that's just not, that's not the case. It never has been the case. Um, our, our spiritual forebears, the Israelites, as well as the early church, they used military metaphors. Um, and uh, in scripture as well, in, in, in Exodus, as, as early as Exodus, God is described as a warrior, which I have some problem with. I, I think there's an important distinction between a soldier who serves and a warrior who makes war. Um, but maybe for another podcast, you can be sure that military service is its, is by itself or on its own two feet is not bad if if God is is being compared to one who serves. Um, uh, if the Lord goes forth like a soldier, um, there's something there's something good about being a soldier. And in the letter to the Hebrews, what I took from that is is the encouragement to not shrink back. Um, and it's going forth like a soldier in Isaiah and not shrinking and going back and being lost, you know, not abandoning that confidence. That to me is the is part of the value that a martial hermeneutic that that a soldier's perspective provides the church. <clears throat> um Maybe in another post I will speak more in depth about the difference between a soldier and a warrior. And I suspect that in the Greek, in the original Greek, the Septuagint, um, and the Vulgate, the Latin, that the soldier and the warrior in verse 13, that those are two very different things. Um, I, I already mentioned Martin of Tours, who's kind of the, he is like the soldier of Christ, kind of the, the exemplary soldier of Christ, who differentiates between being a soldier, milis, um, in the Latin, and a pugnare, which is a fight, some, someone who fights or a fighter. Um, and there's a difference between fighting and serving, and that you don't have to fight in order to serve. Sometimes there's a number of positions and times in history where s- service does not require fighting. Um, but I, I wanted to point that out because I think it's important to hear um, our scripture speaking well of service 
and also making, at the very least, making a distinction between being a warrior and being a soldier. Um, warrior stuff I'm a little bit less excited about, but there is a distinction. Um, and we are, we are called to embody virtues that people in, who have been formed by military service have to teach the church. Um, I'll leave it at, at that, but I encourage my listeners to think about the difference between serving and fighting, um, and that the fight, the good fight, um, it's always nonviolent, it's never with the weapons of this world, but service um, can mean a lot of different things uh, that reflect our gifts and talents and skills, and think about in what way you serve the church and in what way you're being a soldier of Christ. It may not be in the armed service of a nation, um, but it is service, and there is a fight that we are called uh, to undertake, uh, a very specific kind of fight. Uh, But think about what it means to serve and the way in which you are serving uh, the body of Christ and, and how you can continue to go forth in confidence and not shrink back um, but to, to go to go forth like a soldier and to appreciate the gifts of those who have served um, and to think about the ways in which we, we can look to them f- uh, as examples here ends the reflection for those in the armed forces of our country from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, we commend to your gracious care in keeping all the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad. Defend them day by day with your heavenly grace. Strengthen them in their trials and temptations. Give them courage to face the perils which beset them and grant them a sense of your abiding presence wherever they may be. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for pew pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.